VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, good afternoon, everyone, for those of you on the East Coast, and good morning for everyone, those of you on the West Coast. Welcome to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Always so happy to be with you and to tell you that this program always helps you turn your obstacles into opportunities, your challenges into solutions, and make your dreams come true. And that's what we really do here. We look at the positive side of life, not from a Pollyanna point of view, but from a very practical point of view. We look at tough issues, and we look at issues in business and in personal life and in health and wellness and finance and every area, and we look at how can we improve the quality of our life. And that's what we're doing today. And if you're listening live on Monday, August 4th, you can certainly call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Today we're talking about how do you present yourself? How do you persuade people? How do you communicate more effectively? How do you stand up in front of groups? And we have an absolute expert. My guest today is Frances Cole Jones. She's the author of the brand new book, How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. Frances Cole Jones is the founder of Cole Media Management since 1997. She's a corporate coach, and she has helped numerous CEOs, celebrities, and public personalities present their best selves on camera and on stage, in boardrooms, and in person. And we're talking today about how we can, you know, get the right answers to our questions and be confident and commanding in all that we do. Welcome, Frances. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. Now, when you wrote How to Wow, what were you finding when you worked with clients that was the most pressing need? Did you find that clients weren't confident? Did you find that clients didn't have the right words? Did you find they just didn't know how to present themselves? What were you finding out there? I think the biggest misconception people have is that, you know, gifted speakers are just kind of born that way. And, in fact, presenting yourself well is a science, and mm-hmm. anybody can learn it, and everybody can improve. And, I mean, you can do, you can make changes today that are going to improve how you present yourself tomorrow. So I guess, yes, it was a lack of confidence and this idea that it was kind of a mysterious alchemical process. And mm-hmm. it's not. Everybody improves, and everybody can improve pretty quickly. You know, I wonder if we're talking here about the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart. And what I mean is that when we present ourselves, there are certainly skills, as you said, that we need to learn. However, it also comes from the inside so that when you're projecting, if you don't have that confident self, if you're not feeling good, people will pick that up. So do we overcome that by learning the skill or do we need the inside first or the outside first? How do we work this, Francis? Well, the best thing I can do is give you a statistic. It's the first statistic I give to every client. There's three components to your message, right? There's the verbal and the vocal and the visual. Um, 
people only remember 7% of the words you say. So 38% of your impact comes from your tonal quality and 55% from what your body is doing while you're talking. So I guess the answer to your question lives in that 55%. Mm-hmm. If you're the nonverbal, yeah. If you are committed to what you're talking about, if it's really important to you to tell people what it is that you want to tell them, then it almost, you know, it, the exactly how you say it isn't as important. And the 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 analogy I often make is when you go to like a, a school play and you look at the little kids, and it just doesn't matter what they're doing because they are so excited to be up there and performing whatever it is they're performing for you. And it's recapturing this idea that I really, like I have information and you need information and I want to give you that information. And it, it, it's, con- it's connecting to your commitment. Mm-hmm. So in order to, to do that then, when you say connecting your commitment, then that involves the real passion and having a purpose and a drive to really, and, and a real belief in what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times it's hard to find that because, you know, we're so worried about, you know, bullet point three on slide four of our PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing I need people to do is to just distill what it is. Like if your audience is leaving with one thing, what is it that you want them to leave with? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, as I said, you can begin to manage these other percentages. And I'll speak mm-hmm. later about how you can, you know, use words more effectively so that people retain your message better and use your tonal quality to support your message, again, so that people retain what you're saying. Well, you talk about how to leave a lasting impression with a simple introduction. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you mean by that? Is it the way you say your name? Is it the way you remember the person who you're talking to? How would you advise there? Well, there are a couple of pieces. A lot of times when people say, when people introduce themselves, they will um, they'll fall apart both verbally, vocally, and visually. They'll be like, hi, I'm, you know, so nice to meet you. And they'll be looking over your shoulder to see who's coming in the room behind you. Mm-hmm. They won't be maintaining eye contact. Um, they won't actually say, they won't actually sound happy when they say happy. Um, so the first two pieces are to begin, like, maintain eye contact with the person you're being introduced to. And when you say, I'm so happy to meet you, you really need to sound happy. It seems like a small thing, but it makes an enormous difference. And the other thing to think about is when you say your name, you need to begin to think of your name as a presentation. And the best example I can give of that is, my name is Bond. James Bond. I mean, you really do need to put that kind of bow around your name so that people stop and go, oh, okay, Um, you know, this is somebody that I should be paying attention to. Yeah. You know, something that that I have done, and I did not do this as a strategy, but then I found out later that it's a great strategy. But as a speaker and a writer, I have a symbol that I use in my work, and it's a symbol of a bee because I pollinate through the airwaves. And so I wear bees, and I uh, have them on my website, and I have them on my card. And I've had more people say to me, oh, I remember the bee. 
you know, I know, isn't that great? Isn't that, what does the B stand for? And I did not do it as a promotional strategy, but I've been told that doing things like that, that you certainly believe in and that you make the connection with, make a difference. I think that they do. I mean, certainly as I began to put together the book and put together the websites for the book and my business, I made sure that there are consistent design elements throughout. And those are the same design elements you'll find on letterhead and on business cards. Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is, even if you don't own your own company, you need to begin to think of yourself as your own brand. Yeah, and pick those things. What is what is your color scheme? Mm-hmm. That always going to be for letterhead for business cards for your website. What what is the what are the design elements? So that that you always have a consistency to your message that makes it easier for people to remember you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the other thing that you talk about is not just that, but also. When you are writing a cover letter or a resume or an email, that you need to have a pitch. There needs to be a tone in that because, as you said, you don't have the tone, the 38% tone, and you don't have the 55% nonverbal. So, you know, your 7% words mean everything on paper. So how do you get that, how do you get the tone and the energy out through the paper? Well, there are two ways that, well, okay, let's say there are three ways I would immediately recommend. One is Yale University did a study of the 12 most influential words in the English language. The most influential word in the English language is you. Mm -hmm. So the more that you can, as you begin to pitch yourself or your idea or your product, the more you can say, as I'm sure you know, as I'm sure you've heard, as you, oh, okay, it's now become personal to the person who's listening. You appear to have given some thought to how it will be received by them. So you is an important element. The second piece um, is also a statistic. There's a social psychologist in California named Ellen Langer who did a study. There's one word in the English language that increases the possibilities of participation from 60 to 94%. Interesting. And that word is because. Anytime you want to pitch yourself or your idea or your product, you need to let the person you're pitching to know no why. why you're coming to them. I came to you because. because. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads naturally to my third thing, which I always recommend people do, which is it comes from what I call the Duncan Hines cake mix marketing theory. And what this is is that when Duncan Hines was putting together their cake mix, They could have put powdered egg in there, but they made the choice to have you at home add the egg because then you can say, I baked. So what you want to do, and then now you're invested in the success of the cake because you are the baker. And the same thing is true when you go into a meeting or a pitch or anything like that. You want to find out what is the egg that that person you're presenting to is going to contribute what can they contribute so that your success becomes their success? Mm. So how does the client contribute to your success? To my personal success? What well, to the success in delivering your message. When you're going in to pitch an idea? Well, when you were talking about the egg. 
Well, what it is is that, for example, I work quite a bit with different bankers who are going out on the road. Uh, they're doing IPO road shows. They're selling a new product. And what they're doing is they're rushing around looking for people to fund their great idea. But if people don't want to be seen as a blank check, but if they can go in and they can say, I came to you because I know of your success with X product or in a similar situation or because you have been known to be extremely visionary, mm-hmm. then people are much more likely to say, oh, okay, I get it. This will contribute to my reputation as a visionary person. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, I can give you one other story. I was working recently with an actress who was going in, you know, to read for the role of a, it's a very strong female character. And she and I were talking, and um, I was saying to her, you know, what are you going to say when you go in? And she said, well, you know, I'm going to say, I just feel I was really born to play this part. And all that, nothing was particular to the person she was talking to. And I said, okay, well, let's look at the movies that he has done. And, in fact, he has produced two movies that completely changed the way women are perceived in America. And that was his egg. So she could then go in and say, wow, it came as no surprise to me that you are the person behind this story Mm -hmm. because you are not intimidated by these strong female characters. Yes, yes. So that's the egg. All right, and we're going to take a break on that note. My guest is Frances Cole Jones. Her book is How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america hey dad what i can't get the ketchup bottle open Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. 
Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. You know, as I always say, I, I really do believe in Voice America. They believe that the Internet is the future and the future is now. And I came into the Internet and started on Voice America about seven years ago when it was just starting. And now the Internet has really expanded and boomed. And it's such a wonderful place to get this kind of information that motivates and inspires and enlightens. And today is no exception. Positive Living's goal is to really help you turn your problems into solutions and your challenges into opportunities. And again, to make, to reach your goals and make your dreams happen. My guest today is Frances Cole Jones, and she is the author of How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. And Frances Cole Jones is the founder of Cole Media Management. She's a corporate coach who's helped many CEOs, celebrities, and public personalities to present themselves on camera and on stage in boardrooms and in person. And we're really talking about how can you present yourself and get the right answers to the questions you're asked and how you can be calm and commanding and confident in what you're doing. Welcome back, Frances. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's talk about some of the tough things, like what happens when you're either standing up in front of a group or you're working with a client uh, who's difficult, who is not really giving you the attention, who you may feel is um, in some way being condescending or um, just not really there or hostile in a very passive way. How do you handle that kind of situation? Well, the first thing that I do is smile. Um, And the second thing is I just stop. Silence, whether it's for just a second or for several seconds, kind of gives everybody the opportunity to observe what's occurring. Um, I, I think that uh, I, I sometimes uh, when I was starting out, I ran into people who just, a lot of people don't like to speak in public, and they'd been told by their boss that they suddenly had to work with me, and they would come in, um, and they would either have what I call kind of a too cool for school attitude, or they would, um, as you say, be somewhat passive-aggressive or argue with me about the different things that I was doing. Stopping and either in that silence letting them speak their piece or Mm -hmm. just causing them also then to notice that there was this dead air um, Mm -hmm. is a great way to recalibrate yourself. So pause. 
Yeah. So don't don't answer right away. Just pause. Pause and you know, maintain the eye contact. Inhale and speak on an exhalation. And speaking on an exhalation gives your voice so much more resonance and so much more authority. What happens is when we get nervous, everything mm-hmm. starts to tighten up. And so our voices become kind of higher and higher and higher um, because as we get tense, our diaphragm tenses up. And if I'm not speaking from my diaphragm, you can, you can hear that. If I'm not speaking from my diaphragm, I'm speaking from up here. So I have a lot less authority right now. Mm-hmm. So taking that deep inhalation and speaking on an exhalation will stop that. And the okay. other thing to do is very often when you feel attacked, people tend to get very small. They lean back in their chair. You want to lean in and lean forward a little bit mm-hmm. because you just want to be able to make sure that you're taking up as much space physically as they might be taking. Should you say something to them like, why are you asking me that? Or is something bothering you about that? Or do you not like what I'm saying? I mean, should you ask questions along that, of those lines or no? Um, I, would, I, would, I would recommend doing it. I think you need to make them very non-confrontational. So always, rather than, rather than including you in it, include I in it, which, is, which would sound like, I'm going to ask you the following question because the impression that I'm getting is that you have a lot of resistance to what I'm telling you. So mm-hmm. what I'd love to be able to do is have you articulate for me what you're, you know, what you're resistant to so that we can change it. Um, so that it just, again, it, you put it in the context of, you know, this, is, this isn't what you're doing, this is, but this is what I'm experiencing. Exactly. And the reason that I'm asking for this clarification is so I can do my job better. Mm-hmm. Not because you're making me uncomfortable or because mm-hmm. you're being difficult. It's just so I can help both of us get through this more quickly so that we can get done what we need to get done. Mm. Very, very well said. And by doing that, you're not attacking, you're not threatening. And again, that's kind of the because you said before. Mm-hmm. You're explaining why it's in, for their egg, in a sense, right. why it's in their best interest to answer you so that you can move on their behalf. Right, yeah. I think, I mean, like I said, a lot of times people are very resistant to working with me. And I say, you know, can you tell me, one of the questions I include actually before I work with any client is, have you had any training of this kind in the past? If they answer yes or no on the questionnaire, one of the things we talk about when I go in is, what was that experience like? Just Mm -hmm. allowing them to tell that story of whatever occurred, it just, A, it clears it up, you know, for me, and it also just gets it out of their head. They have let me know what they do not like. And I'm like, okay, we won't be doing it. And then you can move on. Yeah, right, we won't be doing you know. Because sometimes, <laughs> don't you think sometimes we guess? Yeah. We assume. Mm-hmm. And it may not be what we're assuming at all. Yeah, I have a, an essay in the book called, Can You Tell Me Why You're Doing It That Way? And it's a question that I found really helpful because what it is, it, that way you cannot, you can't make any assumptions. Um, I, I, uh, I, teach, uh, I teach yoga. I used to teach yoga. And I would see somebody, I would be 
very specific about what I want them to do, and then they would do it completely differently. And I found it very helpful to say, can you tell me why? And, you know, part, sometimes it was because they didn't understand the direction. Sometimes it was because there was an old injury that they were working with. Yes. But that particular question allows people the time and the space to explain their feelings. They feel heard, and you can move on. Yeah, they feel heard, and they feel respected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something else along these lines in terms of being heard and in terms of having confidence, and that is re-entering the tightening job market and having the confidence right. and the flair suggestions. Um, I think before any interview, you obviously want to do the background research both on the company that you'll be interviewing with and that includes their products and their mission statement and their values and their personnel, but also try to find out as much about the actual person who will be interviewing you as possible because then you can make maybe a human connection when you go in. Um, I think that that's very important. I think that you want to look at your own resume and maybe have somebody you trust look at your resume and say, do you see any red flags? Is there anything that I should be nervous about? In essence, you want to think of the worst three questions you're going to get and try to work out the answers to those ahead of time. Mm. And finally, I think you want to be prepared. I want you to repeat that because I think that's very powerful what you just said. Oh, yeah, you definitely, as I said, you want to think of the worst three questions you're going to get. If there's Mm. a gap on your resume and you're self-conscious about it, how are you going to talk about it? What would be another worst question, Francis? What? What would be another for, what would be another worst question? You said one would be a gap on the resume. Yeah, one would be um, perhaps a skill set that you know that they've requested in their advertisement that you don't happen to have. Mm-hmm. Things like that. You want to look at all of those so then you can work out the answers to those. Um, again, there's an essay in the book called "If You Can't Fix It, Feature It," which is figure out if you if you cannot change that your history or your skill set, figure out how you can talk about it so that it's an asset. Yes. Um, and the other thing I want people to do is work out the answer to what's known in my business as the softball question, where somebody says, so tell me about your last job, or so tell me why you want to come work here. And it's called the softball because it's so big, you just don't even know what to swing at in that moment. So you want to work out the answer to those kinds of softball questions. Can you questions. give us a couple of suggested answers? Um, If someone says to you, tell me about your last job, you can say, one of the things I loved best was leading teams Mm -hmm. because what that allowed me to do was both be creative and be interactive. And those are two qualities that I really value about myself. So you want to go to a specific story in that moment. Tell about a time that you did it. Tell what the results were for the company. So you want to, again, it's, it's going to that immediate storytelling. If someone says, you know, why do you want to come work for us? Then you can say, I really love your product, you know, X, whatever it might be. And I use it all the time. But I think that maybe you haven't tapped, you know, this market and my idea for how you might want to do that. So, again, you go to a very specific contribution yes. that you want to make. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest is Frances Cole Jones. Her new book is How to Wow, 
proven strategies for presenting your ideas, persuading your audience, and perfecting your image. And you can give us a call after the break if you're listening live. Today is Monday, August 4th, and you can give us a call at 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women in Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit, Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin right here on VoiceAmerica.com. And if you are listening live on Monday, August 4th, between 11 and noon Pacific and between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern, you can certainly call us at 866-472-5788. We're talking about how do you present yourself with confidence and how do you basically wow, and that's the name of the book. My guest is Frances Cole Jones, and her new book is How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. Frances Cole Jones is the founder of Cole Media Management. She's a corporate coach who's helped numerous CEOs, celebrities, and public personalities present themselves on camera and on stage in boardrooms and in person. Welcome back, Frances. Thank you. Okay. Um, 
You know, one of the things that I was saying to you during the break, and I, I this is a little bit of a flip side of the confidence issue. It's when you're dealing with people who are so confident and so polished, whether it's the CEO of a company or whether it's somebody who's a performer, and you get the perfect answer and the perfect line, and you want to kind of shake the person and say, will the real person come out? How do you, in some way, work around that and diffuse it or present yourself in a way that encourages the other person to be real and authentic? I think you do it by telling stories. I think that when people come across as not wholly human, it's because they're falling back on these stock answers. You see it a lot when people walk the red carpet. What was it like to work with such and such a director? Oh, my God, it was amazing. It was incredible. It was awesome, and I'm standing here and I'm looking beautiful. And that doesn't tell me anything. Those are just useless modifiers. But if they can tell a story about doing it, oh, wow, I completely didn't, I didn't expect his um, unusual sense of humor. I really found it so funny when he did X, Y, Z. And I think the more that you can begin to tell stories in any of your answers, whether, you know, all of a sudden you become a human being. Oh, you have kids. Oh, you have parents. Oh, you have pets. Oh, you have hobbies or interests the more that then people begin to relate to you as a human being. So, and the other thing is is that people, uh, studies have shown that people remember stories longer, um, repeat them more accurately, and they trust them more. So if you can embed your answers to questions in these stories, it's much more likely that you're going to come across as human and people are going to retain what you said. Mm, good points. All right, how do you maximize your time and your message when you're in a meeting, whether it's with a CEO or the PTA, or you've got three minutes on the phone and you know the person has to go? I think that you state, figure out your intention for the meeting before you walk in the room. Um, I, you know, in Los Angeles and Hollywood, they always say you, you're, the idea for any script or television show or movie should be tight enough that you can write it on a matchbook. And I recommend that people adopt the same approach to the meeting. You want to walk in with a very clear objective for what you want to achieve. And you want to open with that. A lot of times we lose time with these kind of beginning niceties. And you see it a lot when people get up to give a speech. They'll get up and they'll say, you know, thank you so much for having me here today. Before I begin, I wanted to thank so-and-so. And, oh, let's mm-hmm. not forget the sponsors. And blah, 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 blah. You know, it just makes people lose interest. It's white noise. So I think you want to always dive in. You want to say, I mean, again, it, the joke is always, you know, the reason I called you here today is, but frankly, it's a great way to begin your meeting. You want to let people know that there's a point and you're going to be getting to it quickly because we're all busy people. Mm-hmm. So it's telling people why they're there, basically. Right, why are they there, not why you yourself are there, but why you've asked them to be there. Again, it's finding the you. It's letting them know why they have been asked particularly to be in this room today. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about if you're at a cocktail party or a dinner party and you want to leave, but you want to make some connections to the right people. Do the same principles apply? Um, I think that 
it, there should be a little bit of storytelling and the same kind of directness. So you can walk up to the person that you'd like to speak with and say, I wanted to touch base with you before I had to leave because I've always been so interested in your work with X. And I know that now is not the best time to talk to you about it, but what I'd like to suggest is that I follow up with you sometime during this week. Mm. And if you could let me know what's the best way to do that that's most convenient for you, whether it's, you know, via telephone or email, and just let them choose the medium um, through which you might get back to them. And should you ask them for a business card? Is that appropriate? I think it depends um, on how you've set it up. If you've made them feel like they are, um, that you've really looked into their background and their history and there's a very specific reason why you're making that request, I think that that's fine. Um, But again, I would say you would want to include in your request, if it's all right, I'd love to get your card that I can follow up with you, but please do let me know which you prefer, whether it's telephone or email, so that they can feel a little bit in control of how you're Why they're giving you the information. Yeah, yeah, and how you're going to be getting back to them. So, you know, because some people don't like telephone. They feel pounced on. They only want they want you to email so they can respond to you at their leisure. Good point. Okay. When clients come to you, Francis, for coaching, what's one of the first things they ask you to help them with in terms of their presentation skills? Um, a lot of people are just nervous about speaking in public, um, and this shows up with, in lots of physical ways. They'll say to me, you know, I get very short of breath, or I start to turn red, or I begin to sweat. Or all of these different, again, the different ways that your body lets you know that you're nervous. Um, to me, this is all great news because the clients who make me the most nervous are the ones who aren't nervous. Because if you've done it so many times that you just can't even be bothered to get excited about it, that's not interesting to watch. So what we begin to do is we begin to work on how you can control those different physical symptoms. And a lot of that's going to come down to preparation, to working out ahead of time every detail of how you're going to walk up to the podium, how you're going to enter the room, how you're going to sit in the meeting, how you're going to answer your worst three questions. The more You're so much more in control of these situations than you realize, but it's just taking that control because a lot of times we're so nervous that we won't do any preparation. I hear a lot of people say, oh, I'm just better off the cuff which just means Mm -hmm. I don't like to think about this because it's making me so nervous. And then you can also just do, like, just things to get rid of nervousness in your body. I mean, if you really shake your arms from the shoulder down through your fingers, it sounds crazy, but you it feels like you're just, as if you're shaking something sticky off your hands. Mm -hmm. It it seems like you get a lot of nervousness out of your body that way. I recommend that people just bend their knees and hang forward and get their head below their heart to begin to get rid of some of that lightheadedness that comes with it. 
<laughs> as I spoke about before, as you begin to speak from your diaphragm, you automatically are giving your body more oxygen. When you don't speak from your diaphragm, it's actually really hard. A, it's hard to sound authoritative, and B, it's just really hard to get air. And you know, mm-hmm. because you've 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 contracted your lung capacity. Yeah. So we get we begin to work through these different physical manifestations of nervousness and to welcome nervousness. Well, let's take that in in another venue. Let's take that nervousness to the lunch room, to the power lunch. Um, are there certain ways that we need to behave at lunch in terms of manner, in terms of uh, the way we present ourselves, in terms of the food we order, in terms of what we discuss, whether it's about food or uh, how we discuss, uh, about the bathroom, about shaking hands? What are some rules for lunches? Well, I, I recommend that you prepare for any lunch as carefully as you would for a board presentation. So I want you to get to the restaurant ahead of time and do a full physical scope of it. I want you to introduce yourself to the person, either your waiter or your maitre d' who's ever going to be in charge of making you happy. I want you to check out the tables. How close are they together? Am I going to be able to hear what the person is saying to me? I want you to look at the menu and see if, you know, what's on there that's easy to eat while you have a conversation. I mean... I talk about in the book that the, no one wants to see you playing cat's cradle with the cheese on top of your onion soup. Okay, you mm-hmm. want to pick food that's easy to manage um, mm-hmm. and that you don't have to think about. You want to as a, you want to know where the bathrooms are. So should you need to excuse yourself, you're not kind of bumping around like a bumblebee in a jar trying to figure out what door you're going through. Mm-hmm. You want to have figured out the parking ahead of time. You want to know what credit cards they take. All of these kind of advanced reconnaissance things just make you feel so much more confident from the moment you walk through the door. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. My guest today is Frances Cole Jones. Her book is How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. Frances Cole Jones founded Cole Media Management in 1997. The company's focus is to cultivate clients' inherent strengths to develop the powerful communication skills that will enhance their professional and personal performance. Jones' work has included preparation for television and print interviews, road shows, investors, partners, sales staff, and she provides a lot of presentations, seminars, and is an accomplished speech writer. And uh, if people want to contact you. Talk about your website and your book and how they can do that, Francis. Okay. Um, well, the website for the book is www.howtowow-thebook.com and on there, uh, there's a, a button called Contact or Interact, I believe. And there are lots of different ways to either send me questions that you're having um, about what's going on at, at work or with your job interview or with your resume or um, in your field, or there are uh, different ways uh, if you want to send me some information. Um, that, but, but yes, I welcome um, as much interactivity as possible. There are also right. a few uh, teleseminars I've done in the past if you want to hear more information. So, howtowow-thebook.com, yes. Okay, thank you. My guest is Frances Cole Jones. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We still have a segment left, so if you're listening live today, which is Monday, August 4th, uh, and you're listening between 11 and noon Pacific and 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern, you can certainly give us a call at 866-472-5788. Today we're talking about presenting ourselves with confidence and knowing what to say and how to say it. And it comes from the inside out, and we also have external things that we can do to help us. My guest today is Frances Cole Jones. She's the founder of Cole Media Management. She's a corporate coach who has helped numerous CEOs, celebrities, and public personalities present their best selves on camera, on stage, in boardrooms, and in person. The author of the new book that we're talking about today is How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. Welcome back, Francis. Thank you. All right, let's talk about the two kinds of mail, more than snail mail. We get more of these than, than snail mail. Let's talk about email and voicemail. Are there protocols and things we should and shouldn't do? Okay. Um, well, one of the things I'm very particular about is people's voicemail greeting. I think that one of the, you know it's one of those things that we tend to record um, either when we just are getting back into the office after being out, or when we're on our way out the door and we're leaving for vacation and we're exhausted. We don't give it the time and energy and attention that it needs because remember, I mean, it is very often the first contact that most people have with you. So if you wanted to maximize that, the first thing I would suggest is that you stand when you record your voicemail greeting because standing is automatically going to give your voice so much more energy. The next thing you want to do, as I've mentioned, is you want to inhale before you hit record 
then press record, and then speak on that exhalation, which is going to give your voice a lot more resonance and authority. Mm. What you hear a lot is people will hit record and then they'll go, hi, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is, you know, it's counterproductive. So So take your in-breath first is what you're saying. Take your in-breath first, yes, then hit record, then speak on an exhalation. You obviously don't want any background or ambient noise. People, uh, for some reason, appear to ceaselessly be recording their voicemail messages while they're standing on a street corner with trucks going by. Mm. So you want to have it to be completely silent. I don't want to hear silent. I don't want to hear traffic or music or dogs or telephones. None of those, those different things. You want to be sure, again, to make your name a presentation because very often it's the first time people have heard your name. And if you have a name that's tricky, you don't want them to feel nervous about talking to you later or leaving you a message. So mm-hmm. you want to really make sure your name is as clear as possible. Um, you'll hear people give, you know, if you can't reach me here, you can try me and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that needs to be leaving an alternate number. I want to be able to dial it without having to call your voicemail back three times while I try to write it down. Um, Those different things. And then just the general. I mean, you don't want to sound, uh, you know, exhausted or drunk or flirtatious or any of those things. It really should be your most warm and welcoming self. And if it takes you 10 or 12 or 15 tries to do it, that's fine because, again, it's the first contact a lot of people have with you. One of the things that people tend to do a lot is they'll record their voicemail because they're very, very busy. So they're just recording this voicemail. It's very, 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 you know, and they think that it makes them sound like, you know, obviously you can tell from my voicemail that I'm very, very busy and important. But all that reads for, for your listener as this person is completely out of control. So you want to, again, Give it a little bit of room to breathe. So that's your voicemail greeting. All right. Now email. Email, in general, in my dream world, you wouldn't use email for anything other than kind of very utilitarian, you know, our meeting has been changed from 3 to 3.15. You don't want to use email for problem solving. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you might as well get out gasoline in a match because, you don't have your tonality, so even if you say, I'm sorry, you, you can't sound sorry. Um, so if you're saying thank you, you, you sound so much more sincere if you pick up the phone and say, thank you so much, I really appreciate that. Um, so you've lost your tonality, you've lost your physicality, you're down to being understood via 7%. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not going to get rid of email anytime soon, given that. I want people to, again, remember the percentages, that they have a 7% chance essentially of being understood. So Mm -hmm. read that email a couple of times and make Mm -hmm. sure that that you can't find a way that what you say could be misconstrued or misheard. Um, I recommend often just if it's a particularly sensitive email and you need to send the information via email, that you put it in a draft folder and wait a few hours before you send it. Because you don't want to, people, you get the email and you read it and you have a reaction to it and you write it and you hit send and you've just now, you know, upped the ante and made the, you know, increased the crazy. Uh, I I was recently working uh, at a school here in New York, college, and they actually have to have rules about 
If roommates are having a fight, they must speak to one another using their voices. They are not allowed to sit in the same room and I am one another <laughs> to, to try to solve the fight. Mm. But the trouble is, is that we do. Email's right there and we have a re- response and we send it along. And I really um, I want people to use email with care mm. if they're going to use it at all. Yeah. Although email can be very effective in terms of making appointments and scheduling people yeah. and being very clear about what you want, I have found it to be an extremely effective tool. It's, as you say, it's very, very good for moving you through your day and for helping with scheduling and kind of the very utilitarian things. But as I say, people tend to use it for problem solving. And I think that that is when it goes awry. Because you think it's not enough to have the 7% words. You really have to be able to talk about it. I think, yeah, to, to even just pick up the phone. And even if you just pick up the phone and say, I got your email and I'm going to be responding to it, but I just wanted to leave you a message and let you know that I wanted to think about my response before I send it. Yeah, that's very it good. It just kind of pours a little bit of oil on the water. Mm-hmm. All right, Francis, we are just about at the close of our program. So what would you like people to get out of this program? What is your message on how to wow proven strategies for presenting your ideas, persuading your audience, and perfecting your image? I want them to know that there's no such thing as a naturally gifted speaker. I think anybody can be a gifted speaker, and there's a science to it, and everyone can improve, and that you should really doubt your doubts. And, uh, and be confident when you're feeling confident. All right. Thank you so much for being on the program. And again, give us the much. name of the website, please. It's www.howtowow-thebook.com. Okay. Thank you, and stay on the line. Thank you. My guest today has been Frances Cole Jones, and her new book is How to Wow, Proven Strategies for Presenting Your Ideas, Persuading Your Audience, and Perfecting Your Image. Um, and folks, just want to let you know that you certainly can write to me at patricia at raskinresources.com. My uh, website is newly revised and updated, and if you write to me, I would be very happy to hear from you, and I certainly will respond to you. And also remember that this program is on 11 o'clock on Mondays Pacific and 2 o'clock on Mondays Eastern. And I have other programs on the website as well. And so take a look at those, and I would love to communicate with you. Remember, as I say at the end of each show, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know that you can make your dreams come true. Until next week, for Positive Living. I know that you make me help my dream come true so I can help you make your dreams come true. For Positive Living, I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great Monday and a great week. You've been listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com.